Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Oh, yeah. Here we are, Tuesday night, and it's Blog Talk Radio time again. And Gunner, surprise. Are you there? <laughs> I am here. <laughs> Hello, John. <laughs> well, wow. that, was, that, was, that was close. <laughs> yes, but you've done yeah. a wonderful job of piloting the plane once again. On another yeah. Tuesday night on Blog Talk Radio, wonderful job, bravo! And uh, you are, yeah, and and you are. Where are you? In the middle of a thunderstorm, or what is it? What is it that's going on over there? Well, a little precautionary. We've got a severe uh, thunderstorm, uh, you know, alert here until about eight o'clock tonight here in Portland. Now, of course, we don't get the storms like the Midwest. Does. This is all kind of new for our area, but just uh-huh. in case anything happens and we have a power outage or anything like that, we thought we'd change it up on you a little bit uh, today and and have you kind of run uh, run the pilot, uh, the captain's chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was. Uh, your seats. Fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> Definitely fasten your seatbelts. Well, well, this has been uh, this has been quite a day, huh? Well, it sure has been. I'll tell you what, you know, you have uh, struck a chord, you know, on this sad, sad day as we, uh, you know, learned of the, the death of uh, Robin Williams yesterday. Um, you know, it's just everybody's just so stunned and in shock. We've, we've, we've just lived a lot of lives, a lot of life with Robin. And you had a post this morning called the last laugh that seems to have just really uh, touched a lot of hearts uh, and just said what a lot of us wanted to say. And uh, John, so thank you for writing that and, and maybe share a little bit about, you know, uh, how that came about this morning. Well, thank you. I actually, I, I'm going to have to thank Marty for this one because, uh, Marty's mantra is, has been for some time to uh, to stand in someone else's shoes, and uh, that that's the only way we can really have relationships. That's the only way we can really uh, disciple somebody, literally lead somebody to the Lord. You know, we have to learn to get in their shoes and see the world from their point of view. And uh, so she's kind of driven that home to me so much so that. I started thinking about Robin Williams and realizing that, you know, he's put he's probably did that better than anybody else that I can think of, because it, all of his roles, uh, he completely stands in 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 those roles. He becomes that person, and, and probably maybe that even was part of his depression because uh, yeah, yeah, he he didn't the only the only. The only person he really didn't reconcile, I, I, you know, perhaps is himself. Um, and uh, but to think of it in that way, and to think of him as an illustration of that for us, uh, was something I was trying to bring out, really as an encouragement to all of us. Uh, you know, uh, and, I, and I love that that one story we picked out when 
when uh, that uh, I picked it out from the Times this morning, when uh, he went to to just bring some joy and comedy to some of the people on Skid Row in L.A., he stood up and he just completely froze. Uh, couldn't say do anything, and um, and, and the, the director of the program came out later and said, Robin, what happened? You know, um, these people, these people love you. They want to hear your comedy. And um, he said, okay, okay, and went back out, and as it says, uh, he killed it. But I, that initial freezing to me was simply of him standing in front of these people, and suddenly he was all in their shoes. In all of their shoes, all at once, and he didn't know what to do because the impact was so huge. You know, I, I just I feel like that's the way, you know, that's the way he's lived life, and then he's been able, in many ways, to capture that for us, and then in the process, and help us to understand uh, lots of points of view that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Absolutely, and and I think that's why. You know, I think that post has resonated with a lot of people. Been reading comments all day, and and uh, and if, if you're listening to this podcast right now at Blog Talk Radio, definitely go to catchjohnfisher.wordpress.com and and uh, posted uh, today on August 12th, the last laugh, and then uh, shortly after that, this afternoon, matter of fact, John, you you posted a, a video message that kind of was in support of that post um, as well. So that was something you did this afternoon as well, uh, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was just a chance to somehow connect to the emotion of of just losing him. You know, the fact that this this guy is no longer walking around in the face of the earth is a. Uh, I, I just think you know, regardless of what you think about uh, Robin Williams or the roles he's played or whatever, it, it, he he has explored uh, ramifications of the human spirit what it means to be human in, from so many perspectives and across so many barriers that, uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, he's done us a service because to me that's what art, good art, allows us to see ourselves. That's really what it does. We, you can't, we, we are blind to ourselves in many ways. We can't see ourselves very well unless we see ourselves in someone else. And that, to me, is what, what good art does. It allows us to get outside of ourselves and, and, say, and see, what, see what we look like. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Am I like that? <laughs> yeah, no Can doubt. I, Can I ask something? Yeah. Please. Um, Please. The prayer ministry today, uh, Robin Williams gave permission to um, so many of our people uh, with the catch Gave him gave them permission to um, admit that they're doing depression. Um, I I cried mm. on it now because so many people that ca- called in or wrote in and asked for um, prayer for themselves. That I can't think about them being closed up in themselves all by themselves, thinking that they're not being spiritual or you know there's something wrong with their faith um, because they're suffering with chronic uh, depression. And um, he he let off the lid on that one, and boy, these people are now coming out of their own hiding places to be able to say, I'm depressed, I need help, I need prayer. Very cool. Wow. 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 Well, that's, uh, 
that's something to uh, continue to uh, just see as the Lord uh, moves here through this tragic event. Um, you know how it's really being used to, to people, you know, talking about it and 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 opening our eyes mm-hmm. to it. And so, uh, and amazing. And again, thank you, John, for for writing that. And uh, I think that's a good, you know, really talking about life and people, and um, and just uh, you know, uh, people making impact and loving people because people matter. Uh, to pivot a little bit, John, we've got a we've got a great guest tonight. Uh, but yes, we do. Find, we're going to find some inspiration in, 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 in people that are working with people. And uh, so, John, who do we who do we have on tonight? I'm going to turn it back over to you and and bring our guest on. Yeah, uh, we have uh, on with us today. We have Marshall from uh, your great town of Portland. Marshall, uh, have I got you on properly? Can you can you speak to us? <laughs> I think so. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can Hello? hear you. Good. Good. Okay. I can hear you. Good yeah, evening. Excellent. <laughs> Good evening, Marshall. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. I'm sitting out in my backyard watching the uh, all the football players and people sitting in the park and just chilling out. So, <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, Mar- Marshall is, um, is, is ahead of uh, Bridgetown Incorporated in Portland. And uh, Marshall, why don't you tell me, uh, tell us all a little bit about uh, what Bridgetown is, and uh, how it got started, and uh, you know, just give us, get us into this, so we can, cool. uh, we can learn some more. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for the opportunity to be with you tonight. It's my pleasure, and and uh, to get to learn a little bit more about what you do, and I think it's it's a beautiful thing that you do to bring light and life. And, and give voice to uh, people like myself that are doing doing work, and, and it's, I think it's a real privilege to be here. So, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. And, and uh, so, I guess if if I was on the elevator and someone had to ask me what Bridgetown was about, I would give them my elevator pitch, and I would say, you know, Bridgetown uh, Bridgetown Inc. is its its mission statement is loving people because people matter. That's our why. That's you know why we exist, and our what is that? What we do, the vision um, is we create relational environments that provide three things: mobilization, relief, with the possibility of transformation. And uh, so, if you were to mm. fold that out uh, a little bit more, we're and then it's, as far as putting us in a box, if you were to try to identify where we fit, we're an urban humanitarian. Uh, work or a work organization or a movement, depending on how old you are. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, so if you break those out, our our mobilization uh, focuses is we mobilize groups and individuals into uh, opportunities of service and community, and uh, that's that's kind of what we do there. We we have an internship. These are all part of the mobilization bucket. We have an internship. We have a, a program called Transformation Trips, and these trips are urban learning environments where young people come, young people and older people and people come from all over the U.S., and they pay a fee to be with us. We have a couple of different trips, a week of passion, a week in warrior, uh, and a 22-hour trip where they come, and they're immersed in the urban environment of Portland where they learn how to 
they learn by loving on Portland how to go back and love on their own community, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so we, have, we have a whole strategy that we do. We have a whole learning environment they do all the way from, you know, Tuesday through Saturday. Every day has a different focus. And so that's, that's that. And we, we mobilize groups and individuals um, into those environments and into that. And then we have uh, the mobilization. We mobilize them into our relief environments and our relief focuses. Remember, mobilization, relief, and transformation. Relief, uh, our focus is two programs that we do called Night Strike and another one called B-Town Kids, which is short for Bridgetown Kids. And so Night Strike is a, is a, uh, a community meal that we put on, we've put on for the last 10 years. And in that meal, there are uh, relief services for um, people that are living in the downtown corridor, whether they be people who find themselves without a home or they're living in, um, you know, they're in halfway houses or they're in the missions or they're, they're just the, they're the downtown community. A lot of people, you know, come into the community mm. to work and they go back to their community. But these, mm-hmm. this is in downtown Portland, this is where that community, community lives. So, mm. so on, that, on Thursday night, we, we, we have a number of things they can, we feed them. Uh, so we have, uh, we have uh, food, uh, meals, a meal that we provide, and it's a, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty killer meal. It's a, it's a meal that, you know, is freshly cooked every, every Thursday. All the ingredients are freshly bought that day. Um, we, it's a meal that we would serve our own families. And so cool. then we have, we have different stations at Night Strike that we wash feet, uh, we cut hair, we give clothing, we have um, bike repair, we have dog food, we have a popcorn station. But primarily the, the most powerful part of the night is the tables where volunteers – people from the community and people from that urban community come together and they have a meal together and they sit down and they get to know each other's name and they have a conversation about life and, and mm. you know, that's a, a great crazy things happen when these two worlds collide, obviously. And um, so wow. that happens and uh, that's, that's on Thursday nights. Uh, that's called Night Strike. And then we have uh, the other element is um, called B-Town Kids, and this focuses on um, capacity building in community, building community capacity and relationships and fun. On, uh, so we have sites throughout Portland, six sites throughout the Portland-Vancouver area, metro area, and we have trailers, and we go in and we do an asset-based development, curriculum development in these areas. They're low, they're, they tend to be low-income areas, apartment complexes, where... Uh, some of the a lot of the people that we work with are are struggling to make it day to day um, ends meet or you know just in in general and so we come alongside of them um, without enabling them and without just giving them things but we're we do an asset based curriculum where we talk to the, the children about how they're important to their community how to, to develop strong relationships we advocate for education we advocate for personal health and all those, all those different uh, aspects that build capacity within families and individuals. Um, so that's, that's the relief portion. And so we, also, mm-hmm. so that's, we mobilize people, volunteers, into those relief environments. 
and, uh, and, and give them opportunity to do that. And then our last one is the possibility of transformation. I say possibility because nobody transforms if they don't want to. And so, you know, we don't, we, don't, we don't go into a neighborhood saying, hey, we bring this possibility of transformation. We allow our friends, our guests, the people that we're working with to define what transformation looks for them at that point in their life rather than, okay, the goal of us to be down there is to get everybody to not be homeless tonight and, and that the winning, a win is you got a home in the burbs and you got a nice car and you're mowing your lawn really nice like everyone else. That, that's transformation. No, that's not necessarily transformation for them. And so, um, mm-hmm. so, so we have, uh, for B-Town Kids, uh, we do a thing called Lift One, which is a child sponsorship uh, program where we come alongside families, we sponsor children, and we provide for them. Uh, we, we work with them in, in helping their kids in education and helping their kids uh, just with, with little extra boosts of things that take the edge off being a parent uh, in, in the inner city at times. It can be, there can be an edge and that's, it can be pretty hard at times. And so we, we help with that without enabling or without, without uh, providing, you know, doing things that they can do on themselves as well. So we're more partnering with them. And then, and then the last one is uh, the Beyond the Bridge, which is an uh, extension of Night Strike, which focuses on developing sustainable living patterns for the possibility of transformation that takes people from out from under the bridge. So we have some we provide in those services, we provide mobile, medical, and dental. We provide, uh, like I said, bike repair. We provide services where we, we've turned the bridge into a Wi-Fi network and we have, um, we have iPads down and we, we connect our guests under the bridge wow. with uh, city services in the city and the community and help them, to, uh, to, help them to, to possibly get into programs or get into things that could possibly help them transition into a more sustainable living pattern um, in that. So in a nutshell, Bridgetown is about people, and uh, we see the, uh, the, the guests and the people that we assist with relief as important as the volunteers that we serve um, by providing mm-hmm. these, these platforms for them. So there you go. That's, that's more than an elevator speech, but it kind of unpacks what we do wow. um, on a weekly basis. So. Yeah, loving loving people because people matter. Yeah, um, that's a wonderful that's that's a wonderful mission. Um, yeah, you you want to you want to talk about that just a little bit um, for us? You know what? Especially I I especially want to hear a little bit about people matter part. Well, I you know I. Um, well, I, I, how else do you say? It? But people matter. Human beings matter. You know, we are. Uh, um, you know, I is. You know, I'm a I'm a person of faith. You know, I, I'm a, uh, mm-hmm. a follower of Christ, an apprentice of Jesus. You know, learning and growing on a daily basis. And one of the things I found in my faith and my walk with Christ is say I love Christ and not love people. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not right. It's it doesn't work in in the economy of the Christianity, the, the, the Jesus that I serve, that, you know, part of, the, part of that has compelled me to, to love other human beings. It's just part of who I am. And so, um, so that means that human beings matter. And if they matter to God, then they have to matter to me. And, uh, and, they, and they do matter. And, and I, it's hard to explain. Yeah. 
you know, it's hard to explain why they matter, but it does matter. And I, I know it does because I've seen people come under the bridge and they have compassion for this other, this other human being. And it, it just, it's, we call it at Bridgetown, we call them that's why moments. They're like, hmm. why, why do you do that? And you can't explain it. It's not like I can explain to you, but you see this little junior high boy sitting down having a dinner with a, with a, a man who finds himself without a home and he's all dirty and his beard's all scrawly and, and they're having a conversation and laughing and you go, that's why. Huh. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, you know? so definitely. It's, it's, these, it's these that's why moments of why do people matter? I don't know. I don't I, accept that. I'm compelled to be drawn to the plight of the suffering of human beings, whether they be a middle-class yeah. mom in the burbs or whether it be... Uh, you know the 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 starving children in you know in another area. It's it's part of the. I I think it's I think it is as in theology. I think it is mm-hmm. the. I'm I'm serving the image of God, right? I mean yeah. that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm the very core basis. If you if you were to open that person up, the image of God is there, whether they are you know whatever, a person of faith or not. I I. Here's the deal. I love people because they matter because when I'm close to people and I'm serving them, I'm serving God, you know? Mm-hmm. In a sense, I'm serving yeah. the image of God. So that blows me away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, are, have you seen, it's part of the transformation that, that um, people actually begin to discover that they matter, that they, they might not have known or felt they mattered and and yet and yet that's part of their changing is even seeing seeing who they are. Is that do you see that happen? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, you know, I see it. I think for me, the transition of that is so much more even important than saying that they got off the streets. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, that they become, even though they don't have a home. Um, they're not homeless anymore. You know what I'm saying? That homelessness is their home. They don't have a home. They don't have a place to lay their head. But yet, when they come to Bridge, when they come to Night Strike, or when they come to B Town Kids, there's three things that we want people to know. There's three things that we believe are the very essence and core of you. You know what we what we try to do is that people are known, they matter, and that they're loved. Those are the three words that you're known here. Mm-hmm. When you come, we've been waiting for you. Great to see you. And many times. I can tell you straight up, and Gunner, are you, you're there, right, Gunner? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I mean, Gunner will say, I mean, he's, been, he's a board member and, and been under the bridge for, you know, now for quite a while, and there are people, they wait for us when we get there, and it's not because they get a free haircut, but it's because hmm. there's, we've created community down there. And some of these people, some of the people come, they have homes and jobs, but they come to just be they're they're struggling in some way or something or something's going on but they come in this place and they're known there and there's no there's no judgment there there's mm. no it's just this place of like uh, i can't even exp- i can't even explain it to you it's sometimes i mean it's sometimes on thursday nights i mean i've been doing it now we i started it myself 10 years ago and i i mean i have to kick myself sometimes to get out the door on thursday nights but when i'm down there it's like Wow, this is this is where I want to be a part of. I want to be here. This is where I want to be. And mm. and in one sense, mm. it's kind of the place where we think Jesus. We've always said it's this, this. This is probably the place Jesus would be. You know, if he was here today, mm. you know, he would be in these kind of places. So yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of, of just that, that whole sense. That, you know, they probably come. Uh, some people come because, because in that environment they, they do matter. And um, oh, they're maybe, maybe never, maybe never felt that before. You know, well, I or think, maybe I think, in a long time. Yeah, well, like you have, we have uh, Gunner can talk about this because Gunner's kind of I've seen. I've seen Gunner, he comes down, and we all have, each of us down there have friends that we've made, you know, and um, I have, you know, Dave, who is, uh, he's an African-American male, and, and he's really struggled. He, he made a mistake, and, and I'm not necessarily, I'm not saying anything by this, but I think our justice system, in a sense, has created really hard situations. You get a guy that made a mistake, and he's a felon, he does his time, he gets out of jail, and he's still a felon. He's done his time, but now he's a felon. Now he cannot get a job. It's very hard mm-hmm. for him to get a job. It's very hard for him to move on. It's very hard for him to, to get into that place, you know, because he's branded and um, mm-hmm. in a spot where he can't, he can't do anything. So, but at, when he comes down to – when he comes to nitrate, that, com- that is completely irrelevant. Mm. That, that part of his story is completely irrelevant because he's Dave with a dream. And you know what Dave wants to be? And this is the thing that really gets me. Dave wants to be a policeman. That's what he wants to be. Oh, wow. He wants to be a policeman, and wow. he would be such a, you know, but he made a mistake, and he'll tell you, I made a mistake. But he says, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so, so we walk with him. So it's just kind of, that's just kind of how it, how it wow. kind of pans itself out. Wow. Gunnar, have you got, can anyway. you tell us a, a, a story about any of your friends down there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, you know, you know, you go down there and you and you just, you know, I'm I'm with Marshley. You, know, you go down there and you know, life could be whatever it is, and and you go down there and something changes, you know, and 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 it's like where Jesus is. You you do really see there is a sense of loving people because people matter. You see it happening, and uh, as you go down there week after week, and you begin to develop uh, friends that are down there, and then and you talk to them, and you're like, hey, can I, you know, I don't know how your day's been, but can I get you something to eat or something to drink? And, and, and a lot of times they'll say, you know what, I'm okay. I just came, came down here because the companion. Yeah, yeah I right. came down mm. here to be with people, you know, and, uh, you know, and I, I will remember that. One of my favorite uh, friends that I just look forward to every week when I come down there is John the Tie Collector. And, uh, I, yeah, of course, John. I mean, we got him up to 300 ties. He collects ties. And we got him up to 300 <laughs> ties now. And he wears a tie every week. And, and uh, now that we got him to 300 ties, he goes, I need, I need 65 more. And, um, <laughs> and so we're trying to find ties. And, and, and uh, you know, uh, and, and he just comes down there. But now it's the point where I go down there and I'm looking for him. And he'll show up and he'll try to sneak up on me. And, uh, yeah. and it's just, a, it's just a kind of the funnest thing. And, you know, for me, in, in my involvement, you know, with, with Bridgetown is been, you know, I want to go down there and, and, and I want to I want to know names. I want to know people. And I want to go away um, knowing a little bit more of their story. I want to come back the following week knowing people's names because I want to look for them and say, hey, Paul, mm-hmm. hey, John, or hey, Jonathan. You know, and, and the power of mm-hmm. being known and the power of knowing someone's name. And so I, I'll remember, though, one of those that's why moments. Um, uh, last December, it was about uh, 14 degrees out, and it was freezing. And, wow. And I remember uh, just kind of sometimes I'll just sit back and watch people 
being served and people serving. And, and I'm just so amazed that, like, you know what? People matter. And it's amazing to see that. Mm-hmm. I remember it was about 14 degrees out, and I was looking, I was watching the, the foot washing um, area. And there was this young lady who probably was uh, maybe 18, 19 years old on a 14-degree night on her knees, and she was washing this guy's feet. And mm-hmm. the look on her face, John, the look on her face was like a, a kid on Christmas morning. She was so excited to be serving that guy. I mean, 14 degrees didn't even matter. She was there, and all, all that was in her world at that moment was that person in front of her and his feet. And, and I thought, my goodness, loving people because people matter. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, being a part of this has been uh, an incredible thing. I think about feet washing, and Marshall, maybe I jump in here. Marshall, how did that start? How did that whole feet washing thing, and why that's an important component of, of Night Strike? Well, I think it was the, um, it was the core the core element of Night Strike. And here, I, I, I want to be careful because, you know, we, we get a lot of notoriety for, for Night Strike and for that, and that's a, it's a great thing. But again, Absolutely. You, know, you know, but Bridgetown is really more about, it's, it's, it's not about just working with people that find themselves at home. It's really about people. And so there's powerful work, ministry happening, and life's happening to the middle-class mom who comes under the bridge and she just uh-huh. she wants to do something because she's she's tied up in life. She's bound by she's bound by this uh, you know providing to the gross national product and and bound by you know making sure she has the right degrees and the right pressure. And she's bound by you know her kids tugging at her and the pressures of being skinny or being this or being that. But one night she gets to come under a bridge or she gets to serve in the inner city with a family with children. And for that for those many for those times she's she's just serving human beings. And that is an incredible, incredible ministry, uh, incredible opportunity for, for, for that mom or that mm-hmm. dad or, you know, whenever I see that. So I, you know, I, I just want to make sure that, you know, cause we can hijack the conversation and talk about night strike all night long. Cause it, but it's powerful. It really is a cool place. And, um, but it's more about like, you know, it's really about those, that's why moments that really take me, take my breath away because I get to live it all. I get to live it you know, all week long where I see these things. Um, uh, but as far as back to the, the, the story about foot washing, um, uh, you know, honestly, you know, when I first started, when I first came up to start Bridgetown, um, you know, we just positioned ourselves to hear from the Lord, really just hear from him. And, I, and I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that to be over spiritual or goofy or anything like that or real bubble gummy. I'm seriously, we just said, God, we're not going to do something in our city, just to say we did it, we're going to really listen to you. And I was at, it's a Saturday market. It's, in, it's probably in one of our most notoriously weird places in our city. And uh, we're standing down there, and I'm watching people do their thing, buying elephant ears, and I got a corn dog in one hand, and I have my two little boys, and I'm trying to keep them from jumping in the fountain. And all I got was, <laughs> I want you to wash feet. I want you to wash feet here. And hmm. that was the word. That was the still small, sweet voice that said, I want you to wash feet here. I knew that I knew that I was supposed to do that. And so all hmm. I did was I, I just, and I, I think about that because I think about how many times do we have this still small, sweet voice that hits everybody that's telling them to do something out of their side of their comfort zone or outside hmm. of who they are that, that comes every day, every minute. All I am, all I, and I tell this to you because you, could, you know, what people mm. could do is blow this up and say, oh, man, that God, that guy is so spiritual. And, oh, man, that guy, you know, I'm just saying it has nothing to do with that. 
how many times have I missed the voice of the Lord telling me to do something. This time I yeah. listened and I was obedient. That's all I did, you know. And, and mm-hmm. I, I listened and I was obedient, and I got a folding chair and a blue foot-washing basin, and I uh, put it on the street and filled it full of hot water, and a couple people came to watch to see if I'd actually do it. And, uh, and I said, we're going to do this. And I said, the first, guy, the first person that came by, and honestly, you know, uh, is John, right? You're John. That's your name, right, John? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, John, I, I was hoping to be someone like you, you know, someone that, you know, is, <laughs> you know, quote, unquote, clean and, and all there and blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. and the first, it wasn't. The first person that came by was a, a drunk man who found himself without a home at that time of his life. And he was broken and kind of lost his vision and his direction. And, and he stumbled mm-hmm. across me and I, I looked at him and he looked at me and I knew I was supposed to ask him. And I said, can I wash your feet? And I was hoping he'd say no and move on. And, uh, but he said, but he said, he didn't, he said yes. And so I sat him down in the chair and I just took his shoes off and peeled his socks off and, and, um, asked and put his feet in hot water and simply asked if he had any prayer needs. And he just began to pour his life out to me. And, wow. and I think, I'll be honest with you, I think in the first time in my life, I mean, I've, I've worked in the church for, for, you know, 15 years before that. And I'm 25 years in, in ministry, if you will. And, and, uh, it was like the first time in my life I probably met the person of Jesus in the, in the eyes of a drunk homeless man. And mm. uh, it changed my perspective. It changed my life. It changed my heart. It changed my... It began... Mm. Again, it, it, it became a catalyst for the next 10 years of my life and, and kind of what we would do and what we would be as Bridgetown. You know, because at that point, wow. Bridgetown wasn't... At that point, Bridgetown was a Bridgetown. There was no right. name. There was no vision. There right. was no loving people mm-hmm. because people matter. It was just a simple mm-hmm. act of obedience. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, mm-hmm. and I say that because I want people to hear that I am no different than anyone else. I hear from God exactly the same way most people do. He doesn't light bushes on fire for me. He doesn't send me a text or a tweet or a cosmic Facebook. I hear from him, and I think about that. How many times has God speaking to each of us as individuals and we ignore it or think it's indigestion, you know, or, or whatever, <laughs> when really it's him saying, hey, I, I want you to let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, but let your light so shine, let it be so bright, so crazy that people stop and they look at it and go, wow, that's amazing. And, uh, mm. I think, you know, so that's how it started. And, and then someone said, can I cut hair? And I said, they, they're asking me for permission to come cut hair. And I'm like, <laughs> sure, yeah, come on down. It's not my thing. So she, this baby lady came up and she started cutting hair. And a couple of weeks later, this, this gal said, hey, can I, um, I'd like to bring clothing. I said, sure, let's do clothing. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then um, a couple weeks later, this one gal says, hey, I'd like to do food. And I, this, is, I learned, this is how I learned this. The gal said, I'd like to do food. I said, well, sure, well, you know, go get some beanies and weenies and, and make yeah. a bucket of ghetto grub and, you know, grab some, I'm sure the church had some cans without labels on it, you know, dump it. Who cares? They're, <laughs> you know, they're just, they're homeless people. They don't care, right? You know, that's what I was saying. And mm. this girl looked at me and she said this. She said, Marshall, she said, I remember she said it. She said, Marshall, if Jesus was coming to your house for dinner, would you feed him beanies and weenies? (laughs) (laughs) 
I said, oh, that's great. I, I got schooled. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm the religious one, right? I'm the, I'm the priest, <laughs> right? I'm the one that you know. And this, yeah. this quote-unquote, quote-unquote lay person taught me how to mm-hmm. love people. Mm. You know, so, so then it came, and, and it just began to grow, and, and now, it, you know, we, last year we, I think we, we mobilized over 14,000 volunteers, and we served over 21,000 uh, people. Um, and uh, it's, it's just, you're going to know, I mean, it's just, it's just massive. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Hey, um, either one of you guys, uh, I, I'd like, I'd love to have some stories about the volunteers. Because I, yeah, to me, there's probably transformation that happens there as well. Um, is there any any way you can kind of capture some of that too for us? I, I can jump in there, Marsh. What do you think? Yeah, yeah well, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I absolutely jump in. I, I do want to say that you're talking, you're hearing, you're actually hearing from somebody, Gunner. Who's there a you volunteer. go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, well, and and because he was a volunteer and he came down and got his world changed and challenged, I yeah. asked him to be part of our. I asked him to be part of our board. I mean, our board, and on on a Thursday night, uh, over half of our board is under the bridge. Hmm. That's great. Well, so I, go ahead. Uh, well, go ahead I say you know, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, well, I'll say this. I mean, I think that. Um, you know, I think Marshall just alluded to it just a few moments ago too. When when I first kind of got involved with uh, Bridgetown, and and I'll get into a, a volunteer story in a moment. I, I he took me out to a, a couple of the, the the kids sites for Bridgetown kids on a Saturday at an apartment complex, and and I learned right then this is so much more and beyond just what happens under the bridge. And and I remember going home the first time I, I went to that, I just wept. I mean, I wept the whole way home, just seeing how mm. we were just showing up at apartment complexes, these very low-income areas, and just loving on people and just kind of playing with the kids. And and uh, and I just was realizing, wow, this is so much bigger than just under the bridge, and there's amazing things happening there. But, boy, God is really moving in, in so many different ways and reaching our community. And and I, I and I've been recently getting involved with uh, with B-town kids at an apartment complex by where I live, matter of fact. And, and I heard a story of this this uh, single mom who um, was volunteering uh, at, at the new camp that was established, and she was just kind of helping with cooking and, and just kind of grilling and such. And she was kind of watching what was going on. They were doing face painting, and she thought, uh-huh. you know what? Maybe I think we can maybe do a little bit better job with the face painting. I've never done that before, but I'll give it a shot. Let me jump in and do some face painting. And here she is volunteering, and she starts face painting, John, and she is absolutely incredible. And here she is, a single mom, and she's there, and she's there with her kids, and she's volunteering, and she just she wants to be just she's serving, you know, people. Um, you know, and, and, and she, through that whole experience, she, she found that she had a gift in face painting and she created her own business. And now she's like, now she's like night and day, she's busy almost every day doing this business. And it all started by just wanting to, to show up and serve and love on people and how God turned that around and said, you know what, wow, this is a gift that I have and perhaps I can, I can support my family doing, you know, some of this. And, uh, wow. and so it's been amazing. 
uh, just seeing people like that or the young lady, you know, uh, washing that guy's feet underneath the bridge. I mean, it's it's in my own daughter that comes down. And so I'm sure mm-hmm. Mark's got some other mm-hmm. stories too. Yeah, we. Um, I'll give you a couple from, you know, different areas. You know, I remember uh, a, a night strike, uh, a volunteer boy, he was an eighth grader, and um, there was a, a gentleman that, uh, this is in the early, early days, and there was a gentleman that was really distraught and kind of suicidal, and, you know, he was sitting there by this boy, and, you know, here's this eighth grader and this, you know, 50-year-old male who's who's struggling, and he takes his pills out, and he takes those pills and dumps them on the ground. He says, I'm just done. And he's telling this to an eighth grade boy, right? You know, these are things we shelter mm-hmm. our kids from. And he tells this kid, I'm done, and nobody cares for me. Nobody even knows me. Nobody loves me or nothing. And uh, I don't matter. <laughs> I just don't yeah. matter. And, and yeah. I mean, come on, that breaks your heart when you, when you think about getting to that place where you feel that way, you know, yeah. uh, where you feel yeah. that place, you know, where you're just like, and, uh, and this little boy, and I remember this distinctly. He got down to his knees, and he picked up those pills, and he put them back in the bottle. And um, he said this. He goes, you know, you, knew, you may not love yourself, and you may, not, you may not think you matter. He says, but you really matter to me. Mm. And uh, mm. I don't know what happened to that man, but I do know the Scripture says some plant, some sow, some reap. And yeah. uh, I think some, that, that did something to that man. And that did something to his heart, but it did more for that eighth-grade boy. And, yeah. uh, and then uh, I think, I think of, um, I think of uh, Dr. Chris Edwardson, who, uh, who leads our, our medical trailer. And I think how he is in Dallas, Oregon, and we needed a doctor, and his staff jumped on board to help us start the medical clinic of this, this motorhome. And, and so he, we do this motorhome, and he comes up, and one night there's a lady, a lady who is, uh, she's a heroin addict, and she comes in, and she, she sees the doctor. And, and most of the time, Dr. Chris just talks to people. You know, he, just, he loves on them. He encourages them. You know, we can only do so much under there. And then he sent her off on her way and gave her a prescription. A few days later, I guess, a couple days later, they found her in a doorway, and she'd overdosed and died in the doorway of, of one of the buildings. Mm. And they wouldn't have known who she was, but they found a pill mm. bottle that was given by prescription by Dr. Chris. And mm. so she was known. She was known. Mm. Someone knew her name, and so we were able to, you know, find those. So you think about those, or I think about, I think about um, stories of B-Town kids where, you know, uh, Haley Atkinson and, and Brittany Baisley um, and uh, a crew of, of young ladies that um, – had a vision because they came into the apartment complex to play with these, these little kids and they were there and they thought, man, what if we could live in this complex? What if we could live in this apartment complex and have day-to-day interaction with these kids? What could happen? What could we do? And, and here they are. They're 20 years old, 19, 20, mm. 21, 22. So what do they do? Uh-huh. They, they sell it all. They, get, they, they, they do the ultimate thing and they move into an apartment. They move into our apartment complex and do wow. life amongst these people in the apartment complex. They don't only do that. They not only do that, but they start an after-school program called First Door. And it's hmm. where we have, the, we have the pleasure of being able to fiscally sponsor them and launch them this next year into their own nonprofit. We're, we're excited about what they've started. And, and so these girls move on. They start this after-school pro- program, and they are after school. A lot of these kids come home to empty homes. 
Mm-hmm. But they come yeah. home off that bus and they go. And so this last year we rented another apartment that we've turned into an after-school program. So there's an apartment that we've rented with three rooms, and each room has one room has a library in it, one room has a, uh, a place where they can do their homework, and, you know, one, one place, you know, has, you know, all these, these places. And so these kids come up and they, they, they're, they're being helped with their homework and they're being encouraged. And um, these little girls, they do this, you know, there's three, there's three of them on the team and these little girls do this on their own and they raise their own money and, and they are, they just do it. This is real life stuff. So, I mean, there's, wow. there's, a, there's that transformational aspect of volunteers that are like, Man, this is really mm-hmm. changing me, and and now we're now we are partnered with them to launch them as their own nonprofit because you know we're trying to be careful for Bridgetown not to not to mission drift, you know, and so we're staying focused mm-hmm. on that. And we don't want to do after school programs, but they do. So we're like, hey, we'll let you use our five hundred one c three to raise money until you're ready to mm-hmm. do your own, and then and then you can go and do that. But in the meantime, we get to we get to help launch them and move them into. Uh, uh, into their cool. own place where they can they can be le- young leaders that are stepping off into you know challenge people. So yeah, I mean uh, transformation trip stories of of young people that came through a transformation trip and then went uh-huh. home and started started their own thing. A couple of girls came through a transformation trip and then they uh, they got it they got it by serving their city. So they went home and they created a a run to benefit. Medical Teams International, which is an organi- a fantastic organization that we partner with in Portland, and they they saw they saw the exhibit that we take them through and these different things, and they they wanted to raise money for that, so they went home and they based upon what they learned at Bridgetown and the things that we taught them, they they started their own run and raised a couple thousand dollars, and and made it happen for them. So you know that those are I mean I I can give you. A, how many more do you want? I got tons of stories uh, of lives yeah, being yeah. radically transformed, you know, changing huh, their whole beautiful. trajectory. You know what I mean? That's fantastic. You know, there's, there's one thing that, uh, that I want to bring out that you mentioned when, when we discussed a little bit about this before, that uh, you are a, a, a public nonprofit versus right. a, a, a faith-based nonprofit. Tell us, tell right. us why you – that was – and that, that's – I think that was uh, an intentional move. Um, so yeah. explain that to me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, obviously a church brought me in to start Bridgetown. They they brought me in. They said, we'll pay your salary for three years. A, a great, gracious uh, pastor, Ken Vanderhoff, out of uh, Tualatin, Oregon, and uh, asked me to come up and basically let me just do whatever I want for three years. And... Uh, you know, they paid the salary, and then we started being able to pay our own salary. And, I mean, obviously, they, they were a part of – neighborhood, neighborhood church in Tualatin was a big, huge part of uh-huh. it for a, long, for a long time. And then in 2010, um, it, was, it, was our, it was our combined belief that we should uh, launch out into our own desi- you know, design of what we would be. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it was at the council of that eldership and the leadership that we just really felt like, we didn't want to be a faith group because it just limited our, I think it limited our opportunity to mobilize people, you know, for faith. Basically that says we only work with people of faith rather than it doesn't mm. mesh with the loving people because people matter, you know. Um, we, uh, mm. So we, you know, we launched out to become a public nonprofit. Now, I will say this, I'm, I'm very much a faith-based person. I'm very much a follower of Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus, 
and I'm following him and I'm listening to him and he guides my every day. And, and I, you know, I'm, you know, I, uh, that's a passion. You know, one of my mm-hmm. first core values is faith. Mm-hmm. And my faith is definitely that of a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, an apprentice of Christ. And so, um, but, um, so we say this, we're faith based people that run a public nonprofit. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But that that doesn't make but, that doesn't make the work any less Christian or any less faith based, um, but it opens the door and and people struggle with that and I get the argument it's a tension it is a definitely a tension, especially with some of our some of our our brothers you know our our mm-hmm. brothers in the church that you know want to be able to say well when do you seal the deal Marshall so because you do that you can't <laughs> you can't proselytize and I'm going well you mean I can't through do a bait and switch and. Uh, halfway through tell them the you know tell them that they're you know that if if they would pray this prayer with me and and i understand that and i get it and i'm not knocking it but um i really feel like when you came down under the bridge you it's a it's you can come and you can talk about christ because it's part of your life it's not a program you see what i'm saying yeah so we're not sharing jesus as part of a program it's really organic and it's central to how i live my life on the everyday i don't go into fred meyer's and, and, you know, if there's, I don't go to Fred Myers and stand at the yogurt shop and, and, you know, tell someone that they need to know Jesus. You know, if, it, if I had the opportunity to do that and, and we, we got into that conversation and it went there organically, I'd absolutely, absolutely do that. And it's the same thing mm-hmm. in Night Strike. It's the same thing. It's not a crusade. It is life on life. And life on life is that. If, if you talk to me for 20 minutes and you ask me to tell me about my life, you're going to hear that I was a homeless teenager. You know, you're going to hear that my, uh, you're going to hear that I come from six divorces. You're going to hear that when I was in seventh grade, that a, va- a vacation Bible school bus came down and I went to church and I heard Je- Jesus chased me. He came after me in that VBS and he spoke to my heart and he, 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 revealed, he revealed to me that I was known and that I matter and that I'm loved. And so um, that's, that's real life to me. That's not a program. It's not a, a gimmick or a, of uh, uh, it's even more than a Bible study to me. It's it's my world, and so I don't work in a faith-based world or a secular-based world. I work in the world, and it's part. Does that does that make sense? Oh yes, it does. Huge. So it's and, uh, it's very real to yeah. me that I live in this world, and and I'm I'm a kingdom person, and the kingdom the kingdom of God is is I'm I express yeah. that and live that out in, in everything I do. And so whether that be in a, a context of a, you know, a public nonprofit or a faith-based nonprofit, I'm going to live exactly the same way in both, and, right. Uh, right. Like, whether they be secular what, or non-secular. So. What, uh, does that, being a public nonprofit, though, does that give you some advantages in terms of the community and you're working with the, with, with the city of Portland, those kinds of things? I would well, think you know, that would oh. help gracious to the faith community we have a we have a very open relationship uh you know in, in our faith community we have great organizations like the Luis Palau Association that and you mm-hmm. know Mago Day these different churches and these different groups that are are really connected with the city and and they are you know working with the mayor and and they're creating service opportunities in the community so it's a pretty interesting thing that's going on in the city of Portland and you know the Palau Association has done really well at that and and different groups um but I, I don't I don't really ever feel like it's been a big issue. I just feel like mm-hmm. I I think you know you come 
you come down, I mean, and we've had the city come down. And, I mean, we, we're, we, we created what they call a good neighbor agreement. We're one of the first organizations in Portland that got together with Resolutions Northwest, which is a great nonprofit. And they, they, the city of Portland completely worked with us. I mean, it's a phenomenal story, actually, about how the city saw what we were doing, liked it, and said, we want to keep this. How can we keep this under the bridge? And how Because, you know, we bring together some pretty colorful people at times. You know what I mean? They can, be, mm-hmm. they, can be, they can be naughty, you know, but so can I. And um, uh, so sometimes it's hard to have that group, uh, group of people that people struggle with and put them all under, all under one place. But um, we, we got together with the police and the fire department and um, city leaders, and we, we crafted a document called a Good Neighbor Agreement that said, here's how we will relate with one another. And so... Uh-oh. Is this right there? there? I'm Oops. there. I'm... I think... I think... I think we lost him. <laughs> I'll call back. Oh, he'll, he'll, call back. Oh, sorry. There I am. I'm, I'm muted. There I'm actually <laughs> muted. Oh, you hit that with your chin. <laughs> the good neighbor agreement. That. Yeah, so the good neighbor oh, agreement. Cool. <laughs> uh, the good neighbor agreement is just that we got together with the police and the government, some, some of the city officials and um, with, you know, uh, you know different, different ones in the community. And we said, this is how we're going to relate. This is what we're going to do. And we were able to come together and, and, and work together. And this, is even before, I mean, this was even before, even before we were uh, uh, our own nonprofit. We were still a faith-based because we were, under the, under, we were a department of a local church, right? And so, uh, so but the, you know, there's never been a – we've never had any issues in that because we, in one sense, we've played by the rules. Like at Night Strike, we were a licensed kitchen with the county. You know, so we, the yeah. county the county comes Great. down and inspects our ki- inspects our kitchen. So mm-hmm. um, we play by the rules, and so if we play by the rules, we might find that our communities are a little bit more open. Now, I will say that Portland is very unique, and uh, uh, and and so we have some that I that I know of. So I think it's uh, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. been good that way. So that's cool. That's cool, Marshall. Uh, our time is getting close to being over here, but I, I just have to say I am. So glad you gave us just a little picture of your life, which I, I'd love to just maybe hear a little bit more about you because it sounds like yeah. you've, you've had quite a uh, quite a path that makes you especially uh, uh, you know interested and in, and and you know it sounds like you've you've experienced the vulnerability that a lot of these people you're ministering to have experienced. Yeah. Am I right about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we, I kind of grew up in a challenged kind of perspective, but, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, man. My, um, I am so blessed. I mean, I stand out here with, I, I've been married 21 years and have two beautiful boys, two handsome young men, and God has been so very kind mm. to us in the midst of, of growing up the way I did. And, um, you know, my, my parents you know, I mean, my dad's passed on now. My mom did the best she could. She was a single mom with three boys and, and struggled and struggled a lot. And, you know, and some of those, some of those struggles were, were decisions were made that, you know, were, were a struggle for her. And uh, yeah. we were those kids that we would receive the food baskets. We were those kids that would receive the, um, the, 
we would receive the, the, the clothing, we would receive the free or reduced lunches, we, we would receive all of those things. We were on welfare, we were um, all those things. And I would say my mom could do what she could do because she was, you know, what do you do? Do you leave your kids or do you stay on welfare? You know, what do you do? And so she's, mm-hmm. she's in a world where that's where she's at. And so she, she had to make some decisions. And, and um, so, you know, I uh, was in foster care a, a little bit. And, uh, and then at 17 years of age, uh, a family took me in. And uh, I was homeless from my – I was homeless with my dad part of my freshman year, uh, some of my sophomore year in high school into my junior year. And we just did a lot wow. of couch surfing and slept on people's couches. And, and then uh, – just through this incredible grace of God, the, the Lord brought this family into my life, my, my junior and senior year, and gave me my first sense of what family and home looks like in the sense of a good, a good you know, godly family. And, uh, and they're still very, very close to me. And, and uh, it's been a, you know, a, tremendous, a tremendous journey. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, you know, unknowingly, I think you said it today, I was listening to the radio thing that you said something we don't know I think you, it's it's almost like a fish doesn't know they're in water until you take them out of the water. Mm-hmm. You know, you you talked about that today when you were talking about we don't know mm-hmm. our own life or something like that earlier. It was yeah. before I came on. You're talking about Robin Williams, and yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and and you know, I don't. I I would I I would never look back at my past and think that's driving what I'm doing today. You know, it would be easy for someone to say, well, man, look at where you came from. That, that, but I, that mm-hmm. never crossed my mind. It never crossed my mind that I'm doing that because of what, what I, uh, what I went mm-hmm. through growing up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, did, it didn't drive me to that. It didn't drive me to those places. But I, so, I, I would think, though, I would think, though, that it, it helps you connect to people. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it does help you yeah, connect to, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Yeah, you, a, you, you know it, that. Yeah, I've been there. I've been in those places. I, I come from that. I was in quote unquote and actually called this growing up. I was I was white trash, you know, um, mm. because we grew up so poor. We just grew up so like I mean it was we were that we were that family at times and, um, but, but yet my parents, you know with what they knew the best that they could do. And, and it was just a struggle. And, uh, mm. and because of that in poverty, you're, you're vulnerable as a kid and, and things happen to your family and, and, you know, things happened, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that drove us into more poverty mm-hmm. or drove us into different things like that. And I'm trying to be really respectful of my family, you know, at this point, you know, just trying to sure. keep that story kind of like uh, careful because I want to honor my mother and, and you know because she did the best she could with what she had, and, and it was it was a real real struggle for her, and uh, yeah, I know that, yeah. you know I know that. So anyway, well, enough I about hate to, me. I hate to say it. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's that's we like to get to know our people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I I you know our time is almost up. But is there anything you could say in conclusion here? What would you say to this? To our listeners who don't live in Portland, you know, who knows where they are, and um, you know what what of, of the things you've learned and experienced do you think could relate to all of us that you could you could pass on uh, to us at this point? Well, I, I would just say that people matter, and don't forget yeah. that. You know, don't forget yeah. that 
you know, whether it be the guy standing on the corner with a sign and that's saying, I need a little help, or it be the wealthy man. You know, I'm thinking of Matthew 25 where he says, when you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. And they said, when did we see you? And he said, well, when, when, I was, when, when I was in prison, you came to visit me. When I, was, you know, when I was naked, you clothed me or you put a blanket on me. When I was hungry, you fed me and so on and so forth. And, and I just think, you know, people need to recognize that. Don't overlook human beings no matter where they're at, no matter what situation they're in. You know, the guy driving the Maserati can be as homeless as the guy who doesn't have a home. Yeah. You know, and it's hard. Wow. You can, you know, and that the, the the person who's got, you know, eating the big fat cheeseburger, um, and he's got all of his meals, and he's got all he's 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 eating well, and and he's got dinner on his table every night, can be just as hungry as the person who's going hungry because there's there's stuff going on in their world. And so, um, I've met people yeah. that are full of joy and full of compassion, but yet are are are. They, they live on the streets, and um, I think that we have to we have to remember we have to remember that people matter, um, no matter no matter who they are, no matter what they are. And I'm not saying I'm perfect in that, and you know I've made errors in that, and but you know I try to remind myself on a daily basis that you know I I have the the Lord's prayer um, kind of situated on my phone um, every every so hour a certain part of the prayer comes up so every morning at seven o'clock cool it starts with every morning at seven o'clock it starts with uh, um, our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name and so that's my beginning and then right around ten o'clock it says thy kingdom come thy will be done on heaven as it is on earth you know and yeah. that prayer guides me that prayer guides me as I in, enter into meetings mm-hmm. with human beings that am mm-hmm. I bringing the kingdom to this human being, mm. whatever whoever this human being is, and and I lastly, love that. yeah, and lastly, be be a person who is not a here I am person, but an oh there you are person. And hmm. I think that's how Je- I think that's how Jesus is and was and is. He says there you are. He never says here I am. He does say I am. But he, he says, there you are. He knows us. And we're like all like Zacchaeus up on a tree. And he says, Marshall, Gunner, John, mm. blah, blah, blah. Mm. I'm coming to your house tonight for dinner. And, uh, and it's our job to just be o- obedient to that call and to maybe, maybe you're going to wash someone's feet or maybe it's just simple as giving someone a cup of cold water and that makes a difference in their life. So. Wow. Wow. I love that. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Marshall. Uh, Gunner, you have any last any last words before I land uh, I the plane it, here? <laughs> I think uh, definitely, you know, invite invite the, everyone to take a look at uh, BridgetownInc.org and check out the website. Yeah. Some videos there, and and uh, and just find out more about what's happening here and what what people are taking uh, from this and loving people because people matter, and uh, just dwell on that one. And uh, so this has been fun. Marshall, I just love you, man. And, and I love just, you, too. Every time, every time I hear these stories, I was sitting here on mute, literally in tears. And uh, mm. it's, an honor to, uh, it's an honor to be a part of this. And uh, I'm so grateful. We could all kind of hang out tonight for about an hour and, and talk about what, what God's doing here. Awesome. Well, it's very, very nice to be a part. Thank you. Well, thank you, Marshall. And uh, right. we'll be praying for you. Thank you, brother. Have a good night. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful.
Awesome. Oh, great Leonard? time tonight, John. That was great. Here, huh? Yeah. That was a good time. We got the music playing. You're, you're doing a great job yeah. hosting here. Guys, <laughs> you land on the plane, John. Nice work. Yeah, I know. I'm, I might take a job away from you. I don't know. Man. I, hey, man. No, no, well. no, 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 no. Don't take him away. <laughs> Well, we'll be looking. Well, we'll be looking forward to tomorrow morning at the cat. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Well. Later, God bless you, everybody. Yep. That's-